again, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring August 14th, 1979. Denver, Colorado was originally set to be taking place from the Red Rocks venue, but instead, Mother Nature had a hand, and the rains came and forced this show to the, I believe at the time, new McNichols Sports Arena. Uh, I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Go ahead and say good evening, boys. Good evening, boys. Good evening, and I, I love the way you say Mother Nature. <laughs> you like that? Very good. Very that's, good. That's Excellent my, um... broadcasting skills. Oh, what's his name? Now that's the rest of the story. That's for some um some some old time Harvey something Harvey or yes, something. Yes, it is. Um, oh, I'll Google it. Yeah, that's uh, gonna drive me crazy. Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Wow. This is this is Harvey Pod. That was driving some Gen Xers crazy as we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> now that's the rest of the story. <laughs> um. Anyway, like I was saying, we are featuring August 14th, 1979. This is Denver, Colorado. Um, and this is an alternate venue, as apparently the original venue uh, was underwater. Um, basically, um, on, on this date in 1979, since it seems like we're only literally three days um, from when this show happened. Yeah. Uh, we are switching up our format. Normally, we pivot into our Channel 6 segment right now, ladies and gentlemen. However, there's not much happening in the Grateful Dead um, music world this week. That's okay. So, it's a little summer lull. Not yeah. a big deal. The, the, the yeah. big news in the jam band world right now is the uh, Trey and Goose uh, a partnership was announced, which I'm happy oh, to wow. say I got tickets. Yeah, you have tickets for <laughs> I got tickets, and I am seeing my first Trey and Goose show um, in Central PA. What are we talking about here? Uh, Reading. Oh, very interesting. Yes, that's literally the only reason I'm going. It's yeah, it's really backyard. Dig... <laughs> yeah. I really dig Trey Band, and I just want to like Goose more than I do. It's, um, I'm, I'm... And I know this isn't a it isn't a tray pod, but to me this is like I'm going to see JGB. It it really does. It's tray. Yeah, the with the added horn section and the emphasis on groove, there really is like a a Jerry to Jerry band to Grateful Dead, Trey band to Fish kind of comparison in my mind. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to a general admission show in Reading in November. But anyway, very cool, man. Back to our uh, Channel 6 segment, where we normally speak of the news, where we have no news this week. So instead, we are going to kick it off with Reddit comments. And this week, we only have one Reddit comment, and that is from Trippin' and Dreamin'. And this was what they stated about the August 1479 show. Putting it into context... This was to be night three in Red Rocks, not night two at McNichols. We enjoyed the first set, thought things were laid back with high expectations. The night before, we had a wonderful other one, and most of the show was smoking. When Promised Land started, it seemed to signal, don't expect much. It was played two nights earlier, and it felt the start of the second set needed something else. Terrapin playing was nice, but overall, I left wanting more. 
Maybe the move indoors was to blame, but it wasn't exactly what I traveled to Colorado for. Did I mention we did? Blech, did I mention we did stay at the Bugs Bunny Hotel after the campground was underwater after night two? So reading this comment uh, leads me to this question, and Nob, you might know this off the off the top of your head. Have there ever been any other? And I'm sure there has been. But any other Grateful Dead shows that weren't canceled but actually just changed venues like this? Where, like, it was supposed to be in place A, but now because of some crazy thing, it's now in place B? I can't, I can't think of a time. I'm, I'm sure it has happened, but I cannot think of one that it, I know I of. I feel like that happened head. in Europe. Yeah, I, oh. I feel like there's some shenanigans in Europe 72, like... I do think there was a show... Yeah, like, we were supposed to play here, but it... it <laughs> It doesn't exist anymore, so now we're going to play at a chateau or something like that. Oh, there was that was the festival that that was seventy one. They got rained out. Uh, they were supposed to play a festival that there was a weather reasons, but the band were like, "We are already in France. Let's yeah. just play at the chateau that we're staying at." And they played a small little show there. There's actually a YouTube video of that yes. of that show. It's just bizarre seeing them at a chateau. Just their instruments, their amps are on the ground. Like there's it's no stage, so and it's small. just a bunch of like it, yeah, super intimate. Just like it looks like a party. It looks like a kegger at a it, chateau it, it, with the Grateful it Dead. It looks like a backyard, yeah, backyard house party with the Grateful Dead. So cool. Um, and what I will say is, uh, tripping and dreaming. Thanks so much for that um, comment there. Um, awesome context, you know, I, that was some stuff I didn't know about the show and some stuff maybe Trippin' and Dreamin' didn't know at the time, or maybe still doesn't know, is that th they got the first ever Easy to Love You, a Brent classic. Yes, and that debuted in set number one, which we might as well go ahead and dive on into. Um, set number one of the August 14th, 1979 show at the McNichols Arena kicked off with Jack Straw into Jack Arrow. The back uh, Jacks. Into Mama Tried, into Mexicali Blues. Then we got Tennessee Jed. And then, of course, the debuting Easy to Love You um, into Passenger. Then we got Stagger Lee. And boy, oh boy, do we get a pepped-up version of The Music Never Stopped. Um, Nob, go ahead and give us your thoughts on set number one. Sure. Um, to me, it's the second half of set one that is really worth writing home about. Um, but there is some fun stuff in the first half. Uh, everything in set one, I think, is pretty well played. There's no song that made me go, oh, this didn't work. Um... Jerry's last solo at the end of Jack Straw is something definitely worth checking out. He gets some really fast, high-energy runs, which is really cool. Um, one thing I like, we are listening to an audience tape this week, and uh, when you listen to the Jack Row, you can hear someone start singing it, like, two loops of the intro before Jerry does. Um, very funny to hear someone get caught like that. Um... The first song in this set to really wow me, and this will surprise longtime listeners of the pod, was I thought it was a really good Tennessee Jed. Um, I've, I've said time and time again that I'm not a huge Jed person. When they work for me, they work for me. This one worked for me. Uh, I thought the solo and the build that the band got in those solo sections was really cool. Um, it was the first thing that made me go like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Um, 
Then we get to the first Easy to Love You. Um, it's fun looking at this song's baby pictures. Um, I normally associate this with the Spring 90 arrangement, where they start a little slower. And uh, this is the first Easy to Love You, um, and it's interesting to see this song's baby pictures, almost. Um, I'm used to the Spring 90 arrangement, where the first verse is a little bit slower, um, and then goes into that groove, whereas this version just has the groove throughout. Um, there are some different lyrics. I don't think the, the line about the raven is in here yet. Um, yeah. But what's honestly feels the most different to me is Brent's voice. Um, his voice is a lot prettier and a lot less raspy than we'll get from late 80s Brent. Um, and I do think this it gives the song a certain sweetness that I can understand why 80s dead fans weren't as in love with it compared to when they bring it back. In 8990, Brent's got more rasp in his voice, and there's, I don't know, just something about gruffness that takes a little bit away from the sugary sweetness of this song. Mm. Um, that's just not there here. Um, but then we get to, uh, I'll say my favorite part of this set was Passenger. I, it, it was a really good run. It, it, it just ripped. Every, it was good. I really liked Passenger. Um... Staggerly was slow, but it had some good energy to it. Um, and then there was a really nice, I wrote down Zippy, Music Never Stopped to Bring Us Home. I thought that really soared. I would say Passenger, Music Never Stopped, and Jed were probably my favorites of the first set. What did you think, Fig? Yeah, Fig, this gives your thoughts on set number one. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, so generally speaking, you know, this wasn't odd. Um, so you do get a lot of crowd reaction. Um, the sound was not as crisp as, you know, some may prefer, but, um, it's still great to get something from some random date, 1979 for us to enjoy. Uh, actually, and this is, uh, the, we were listening to this on the week of, uh, August 14th. I don't, I can't do the math in my head, but, you know, however many years later, we'll get, um, knob on that to, to get us a calculation. 40, um, 43. 43 years later, uh, we are now listening to the same show. Um, so, but there was a great crowd engagement, great crowd reactions throughout. It was really cool to hear. Um, this was also an, a great tempo show. Um, I think I agree with, with Nob in that there was really no sort of showstoppers, um, but everything was very well played. Um, so my comments for this first set are not, you know, not voluminous. Um, Jack Stahl, Jack Rowe, back-to-back Jacks, cool way to open up, good tempo, uh, well played. Um, then you get Mama Tried, Mexicali, you know, those happen, those pass. And I, I did like the Jed. Um, great tempo with the Jed. I'm not a huge Jed fan, but this one was definitely a good one. Uh, Easy to Love You, um, debut. Really cool song. Um, I, th- I just wrote nice uh, and good crowd reaction for the first, you know, for the first ever song. You know, it would have been yeah. interesting to be in that crowd and, and hear that for the first time. Like, what are these guys doing? Oh, Brent's on the mic. Oh, it's a soft rock song. <laughs> I wonder um, if this was the first Brent tune they debuted. I felt like there was something. Ah, well, this is super early in Brent's tenure, right? Like he was. Yeah, it'd be one of the go to head. No, he was April. He was April. Far from right? me. When did he start? It was April or May '79, right? April '79. Yeah, he'd be yeah. four months in. I, I feel point. like there was something that he brought to the band in that spring '79 run, but we'll have to take a look at that. You're right. Um, no, the thing about. No. It is. This is the first Brent solo tune. Oh, the other okay. Far From Me debuts in March of 1980. Sorry, not to hijack your part. No, no. Um, but yeah, this would have been Educate the us. first 
the first Brent tune that Deadheads were hearing. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. And and it may have gone over people's heads, you know, at the yeah. time, you know, just because it was something so new. Um, but I, I like it. I think it's a beautiful song. Um, it's not really a Grateful Dead song, um, but that's okay because the Grateful Dead, you know, what is a Grateful Dead song? They could do so much. They were such incredible musicians. Um, game, do you remember, I think it's still a radio station in, uh, you know, from, from our whereabouts, um, the river, WRVV. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So easy to love you is very much a river yes, song. Yes. Um, it's like, you know, the kind of music that is played in the dentist's office <laughs> so that you're <laughs> no. not, you're not like bugging out, like while, while in the chair, you're just like, yeah, this is decent. Oh yeah. Great. Fleetwood Mac. I could listen to Fleetwood Mac right now. You literally, know, it's easy I, to love I you. I think you literally just took the, the moment out of my mind. I was about to say, like, I'm fairly certain my first Grateful Dead memory was probably easy to love you in the dentist's office as a young child. <laughs> Without without realizing what I was hearing, yes. Right, exactly, because every dentist's office had the river on. Now, the other thing about being in central Pennsylvania, there was another hard rock channel, I think like 93.5, WTPA. They used to be, it was rock like hard. really rocks. Yeah, it was like harder classic rock, and that was like, you know, that was what the cool people listened to, but your mom listened to WRVV, and then eventually you ended up listening to WRVV because the music's really good, and <laughs> you mellowed out. Um, but that's easy to love you. Uh, it's it's a song. It's easy to love. Uh, Passenger was well played. Uh, usually not one of my favorites, but I did like this one. Same thing with Stagger Lee. Um, I wrote that it was a short Stagger Lee, uh, which for me is an okay Stagger Lee, and, and this was well done. Um, in that regard, um, just by personal preference. And then Music Never Stopped was, I wrote Boppy Tempo. It was actually a pretty fast one. I also wrote En Fuego, and I don't Ooh. speak Spanish, so I'm not sure what that means. And um, I, I wrote that it was cool to hear the odd because you could really hear how the band was whipping up the crowd, you know, you know, you, like, especially in the outro jams, just Jerry and the band just kind of making it happen in multiple different ways. And, and everybody was reacting. And that was the end of set one. So uh game, what were your thoughts besides me hijacking your first memory? Um, and for the record, I'm pretty sure that 93.5 WTPA, the rock that really rocks has actually just made a comeback to the, to oh. local radio wave so if you have check to it be, out if you happen to be a central pa listener uh make sure you check them out 93.5 um are, are coffee and the jammer back uh, <laughs> now we're Sorry. really getting now we're really getting <laughs> now, yeah um so my thoughts on set one really um there's not much specific and really for me i don't really have much specific notes for this entire show um my first main note with set one was I felt like it was fast. Um, yeah. I feel like set one clocked in at just around 45 minutes. Um, and you get a lot of music um, in 45 minutes. Um, yeah. A lot of quick versions of songs. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jack Straw was good. Jack O'Rourke was good. Mama Tried, good. Um, Mexicali Blues was okay. Um, Tennessee Jed was uh, really good. I really enjoyed Tennessee Jed. Um, also interesting that Tennessee Jed was the longest song of set one. Uh, yeah. So it wonders me if I liked that the most just because it was the longest song of set one. Um, and by long, I mean eight minutes. So really in Grateful Dead World, that's not long at all. Um, <laughs> but for set one, it's, it's you know, it was. Um, Easy to Love You was up next. And... I don't know how I feel about soft singing, Brent. Mm. Um, it's still good. 
it's just different. Um, and I think I kind of want to take a self journey and kind of see like when his voice really shifted, because if you could, could compare this easy to love you to an 89 or 90 easy to love you, they're literally two different songs yeah. um, with his voice. So it would be, it to me, it would be interesting to see like when his voice really took that turn. Um, still good, just different. And like Fig said earlier, definitely candidate for the river. Um, <laughs> Passenger, I always love Passenger. This one was no exception. Um, Stagger Lee was okay. Um, and the music never stops. All the boys took big fat rails beforehand and they went out there and they crushed it for 739. <laughs> um so yeah set one was um it was okay um there's probably better set ones in 1979 out there but this set one beats a lot of the current set ones we've listened to over these past couple weeks so um yeah it was okay but nothing nothing too fancy um set number two gave us um oh it opened up with the promised land uh, then we got Ship of Fools, uh, Samson and Delilah, Terrapin Station, Playing in the Band. Then we got Drums and Space, Not Fade Away, Stella Blue, Good Lovin'. And of course, on this night, we had a double encore of U.S. Blues and Johnny B. Good. Uh, Fig, what were your thoughts on set number two? Yeah, you know, I was hoping that we would be able to feature set number one, and I don't want to make, you know, we'll, we'll get to the voting later, but this is a set two show. Um, set two was, you know, set one was very well played, like the tempo and stuff, but set two was great. And also what I will say is that if you go in the archive, there is a portion of set two that is a soundboard. Uh, it comes uh, from Terrapin on. Um, so that was kind of cool to be able to switch off. I'm hoping that uh, Charlie Miller... Um, Charlie, if you're listening, if you could make us a Matrix or, um, you know, one of the other Matrix, uh, you know, um, folks out there on, on the archive, it'd it be a cool show to get a Matrix of because uh, there is a soundboard floating around there in some regard. Um, but Promised Land Ships, uh, Samson, I don't have anything specific to say other than they're very well played. I thought they just sounded very good to come out. Um, and then we get a Terrapin, and, and the Terrapin kind of um, gives us a change up from, you know, the kind of high tempo um you know big fat rails <laughs> if you will um characteristic of of the show before this i thought terrapin was very dreamy i thought it was very well played um i actually really liked uh, that version quite a lot um and then we get playing in the band and a pretty long version of playing in the band at first there wasn't too much going on um and then and then what i noticed on kind of re-listens is that the first jam that they get into after the song portion is over is actually the intro and you know each member is playing the intro but kind of in a more loose format in a jam format and i can't recall ever hearing a playing in the band where that's how they dip into the jam where they just kind of go back to the intro and then slowly kind of get crazier and more out there um, and I really liked that. I thought that was a really interesting way um, of listening to playing in the band, certainly one that surprised me. Um, and then what I'll say is that kind of in the middle of playing in the band, something changes and the, the tension really ratchets up. So very moody playing in the band after a very dreamy Terrapin. Um, drums was drums. Space was actually kind of interesting. It was Jerry and, and Phil for the most part, just kind of uh, 
trading ideas and, and trading musical ideas. So that was kind of interesting to hear. Um, Not Fade Away um, was uh, was pretty good as typical. Uh, Stella, the only thing I want to say about Stella, it was it was a very well done Stella. The second solo for me in Stella stood out just because of Jerry's tone. And yeah. I, I'm a fan of King Crimson and Robert Fripp and what Fripp did with Brian Eno um, back in the early 70s. And, you know, his guitar tone is incredible. And, and his um, technique is incredible. And Jerry's guitar tone had a very Fripp, Frippish kind of tone to it where you have this, like, like, you know, it's distorted but with, like, infinite sustain. Um, and a little bit of Fripp style. I mean, you know, he wasn't trying to emulate Fripp there, but I definitely heard, um, you know, th- that's what popped out to me, and I thought it was a great solo, too, and, and a very well-done uh, Stella Blue. Um, and then we get into uh, Good Lovin'. Uh, Phil is having a, a blast. He's dropping Phil bombs everywhere, and then you can tell they're having a good time because we get a double encore of U.S. Blues into Johnny B. Good. Um, so overall, second set for me was... Uh, Really good, really good stuff. Let's see here. Game, do you want to take it over? Sure. Um, so again, it was it was okay for me. Um, the Promised Land was good. Uh, I really enjoyed Ship of Fools. Um, I was kind of surprised by Samson and, and Delilah uh, when it first started. I was like, oh, we it's a Sunday show. Um, and then I realized it's very much a Tuesday show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Samson and Delilah kind of came out of nowhere for me, but I enjoyed that a lot. Um, Terrapin Dreamy is a great way to describe, um, that Terrapin, um, very, um, very light and airy almost in a way. Um, really enjoyed Terrapin. Uh, playing in the band was good. Uh, drums in space i made it through uh not fade away was good um really enjoyed stella blue um i would say probably stella and terrapin were my highlights of set two um good lovin was okay um i i kind of flip flop on my thoughts on u.s blues um sometimes the u.s blues will kick in and i'm like all for it like Wave that flag. Um, other times, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's here. Um, this was a good U.S. Blues. Um, didn't really, you know, do much for me, though. Uh, really did enjoy Johnny B. Good, though, however. Um, so overall, um, a much better set than set one. Uh, but still, just okay, in my opinion. Um, no, I'll go ahead and give your thoughts on set two. Sure. Um, I'll echo a lot of what's been said, but with a couple disagreements. Um, I thought it was a, a fine promised land to open. Um, I was surprised when Ship of Fools started as early as it did. Um, to me, it felt weird, especially coming off a of promised land, a song that really built this energy and momentum, mm-hmm, and then suddenly mm-hmm. we're going. Bow, 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 yeah. Um, but by the end of the song, it, it won me over. Um, Jerry sang it really well. It's not my favorite part of the show, but it, it did win me over by the end. Um, a nice smoke in Samson. Um, I wasn't in love with the Terrapin. Mm. Um, I thought it was well played. I don't really have qualms. There's like a couple moments of sloppiness, but they don't really detract. 
to me, I agree with uh, 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 Trippin' and Dreamin' uh, that it was nice, but I overall left wanting more. Um, it it was working for me, like, it, it, it was good, but just some ineffable thing that I can't quite put into words, just, it just didn't... It was it, a little it, stoned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was a really nice transition into playing in the band and then playing in the band was, it might be my favorite song of the night. Um, I thought the jam in there, I mean, it's really the only big jam that we're going to get tonight, um, besides drum space. Um, and they get some really nice, there's that nice energetic peak, uh, kind of in the middle of it. Um, and that, uh, really caught my attention, but there was just some really nice interplay between everybody that really was just some really good jamming for 79 Dead. Um, the drums I found to be honestly kind of a nice mix of the exploratory nature of the plan that we just had and the more raucous energy of the show leading up to. Um, it's a long drums, but there are parts to it, which I dig. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's an atmospheric space. Um, uh, Jerry gets some nice fast runs towards the middle of the not fade away. Um, that was probably my big uh, highlight there. Um, I really love the Stella Blue. Uh, I thought yeah. it was lovely. Jerry sings the hell out of it. Uh, the two solos are really beautiful in very different ways, um, which was really just nice to hear. Um, and it almost sounded like Eyes was coming out of the end of Stella was really starting to sound like it was going into Eyes of the World, but Good Lovin' was the right energetic call to bring us home. Um, there was nice energy on the U.S. Blues, even some nice slide work. Um, I would have been fine if that was the only closer, but I'm glad we got the Johnny B. Good because I liked it more. Um, to me, that was the perfect closer for a night like tonight. Um, there were parts of this second set where I forgot that I was listening to a Brent show and not a late Keith show. Um, but that Johnny B. Good really reminded me, oh, Brent's here and he's great. I can, um, I, I can I can agree with that. Um, uh, there was a couple times during this set where it was, it was like, oh, this is Brent, not not Keith and Donna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was kind of in the background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, aside from Easy to Love You, but yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and they don't. Yeah, um, dude, which is weird for Brent. Yes, yes. So those are probably my big thoughts. The plane in the band and the Johnny Be Good and the Stella were probably my favorites. With an honorable mention for that, Samson. So, Nob, let's go ahead and stick with you. Um, right. Which set would you like to feature on this week's uh, podcast? Set one or set Ooh. two? I, mm, I'm going with set two, but I want it to be on the record that I struggled before I made that decision. Um, Fig. What is uh, your selection for um, set one or set two? Uh, yeah, it's going to be two. Um, you know, easy to love you. It, it'd be cool to to give that, you know, um, to highlight that as our featured set. But the rest of the set just wasn't strong enough to really support that decision. And I thought set two kind of eclipsed set one in in a lot of different ways. So, again, I think we're going to be going with set two. Plus, it was this pretty smoking encore, so we'll stick that on at the end, probably. Yes, I am in agreement as well for set number two. Um, 
will feature more easy to love views in the future, just not the very first one. So once this podcast is over, please stick around and listen to set two of August 14th, 1979 from McNichols Sports Arena. Um, does this show make anyone's book of the dead? I'll kick off and say that's a no for me. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. I I really? enjoyed this show. Yeah, I enjoyed this okay. show. Um, yeah. I, again, it was like it was just a party. It was just fun, and like I think, you know, just the nature of it, where it was supposed to be at Red Rocks, and people were bummed that it had to go inside, and their campground got flooded and what have you. I think they just, you know, they 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 came to to party and they came to throw party, and it was cool to hear the audience on the odd, you know, react. And and I liked it. I w- I'm gonna say yes an interesting thought i'm a big i love 78 dead and that to me always feels like a big party more than yeah this 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 reminded me of that yes it's very much got that energy um i would say overall no but there's a couple of renditions of songs that'll probably make my book of the dead that plane in the band i'll probably take with me that passenger so we got two no's and a yes for fig with, uh, or rather, for the Book of the Dead. Now, next week, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we get the highest of highs, and sometimes we get the lowest of lows. Hey, now, don't I be hating. Like, don't I be feel hating. like the last time I said that, yes. I ate my words. That's true, 1993. Just 90s that are like edibles. They're not good until you shit talk them. And then this, <laughs> nine, and then this 93 show... Came out of nowhere. Now, next week is not a 1993 show. However, it is a December 1992 show. We are featuring December 16th, 1992. It was a Wednesday. Um, Never miss a Wednesday show. Oh, this was Dick's Picks 27. I didn't realize that till right now. Oh. So we're we're listening to Dick's Picks twenty seven next week, which was twelve twenty six. Well, maybe let's cut the intro about this might be the worst of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dick. Um, I'm quickly looking over the set list, huh. and maybe nothing in 1992 sticks out to me. So nothing is sticking out to me on this set list. Um, what's the same thing? The blues tune. Yeah, Who makes a man go crazy? Ugh, that's must be uh, the same. That's the thing. only hook in that oh, entire song is go crazy. It's not that great of a hook. No, it's not my favorite. It's a Willie Dixon song. Tunes. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm looking over the set list and it's all just Grateful Dead songs, but I'm not sure how excited I am to listen to the nineteen ninety two oh. renditions of them. <laughs> well, do you want to keep the Dark Star a secret? Um oh. we get a yes. ninety two Dark Star. We do get a ninety two Dark Star. Oh yeah. Well we can always edit this out, you know. No, don't don't edit it out. Right, just, edit, no, yeah, no, no, we always say it, but well except when the dogs running around, we don't actually. And and this will be good because maybe we'll come back and we'll love this show and, and we'll look like fools again by shitting on all this at the end of this episode. But I don't know. Next week, folks, we have a 1992 show that I'm just going to be honest. I, I, it doesn't look too appetizing to me, but we're going to go into it with an open mind 
and it was a dick's pick, so um, maybe it'll surprise us. Uh, normally, I go into the Reddit comments, but we've already done that. So, in this case, we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of housekeeping, as we always do before we end tonight's episode. Please, as always, smash that subscribe button, like, and share with any and all and even none or rather, any and all of your jam band loving <laughs> friends, and any and all of all of your non jam band loving and friends as even well. Even people in your life who listen to the river, WRVV. Especially those that listen to the river. <laughs> Let them know this is the first easy to love you. They will be all this over. week. They need to listen. Yes, they need to listen to the upcoming 1992 <laughs> version of uh, the Help on the Way podcast. Um, you may find us as well wherever podcasts are downloaded, except ones that end, or rather that rhyme with iPodify. So if you subscribe to a service that happens to have a green Dreamcast-esque looking logo that rhymes with iPodify, you won't find us on that crappy service. However, you will find us on most other services where podcasts are downloaded. You may find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may find us um, on Gmail if you want to email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. We are also on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. Um, now that tour season has passed us by, um, you will normally find our weekly thread sticky to the top of the Grateful Dead subreddit, and as well as a cheap plug for my Twitch channel, uh, which made a quick little return last week, and will be making a full return sometime in the very near future. Uh, that is once again twitch.tv slash the GD channel. Um, that's it for me for the evening. Any closing words from Knob or Fig? Nothing for me. Enjoy the show. That too. Next year, if we're all good, we'll get to come back and play at Red Rocks, and it won't rain. I love. Is that, is that, is that what Bob box. said? That's what Bob says. Between yeah, Bobby did the... give a little shout out. Yeah, I try and write down things that are that's said cool. so I can say them at the end. I, I like, like it. it. Yeah. <laughs> All righty, everybody. Thank you once again for listening and joining us on the Help on the Way podcast.
comes for free There's nothing you can hold Hold it in When you hear that song
Year, if we're all good, we'll be able to come back and play at Red Rocks and it won't rain. Yeah. 
Shit.